What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we fulfill all of your spooky needs and as we fulfill your three wishes. Wishes. <laughs> Make your wishes. I'm sorry. That's going to be happening a lot. I, I a hate lot, to say this. A lot. If you hated that, you might have to click off because I can't stop. <laughs> I can't. I can't control myself. You know what's crazy is like there's the you before you've seen the movie that we're talking about today. Yes. And then there's the you after you've seen the movie we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And if you are in the latter, then you're here for this. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not. We got you. We'll we'll get you. We'll get you on the same page as everybody else. Because yeah. we'll get you up to speed. Because this one, this one hits different. I say that often, but it really does. Because, like, tell them why this. We're talking about this movie today. Okay, tell them that's... what you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a couple weeks ago, we were celebrating our one year. And to celebrate that, we had a watch-along party online with a lot of the homies. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people came through. Yada, yada, yada. Great time. Um, As we were planning this, uh, we were deciding what movies we were going to watch. And um, Erica, within seconds of looking through the library, was like, they have Wishmaster. We are going to watch this movie. Like, it wasn't like a, do you want to watch Wishmaster? Do you think we should watch Wishmaster? No, no, no. It was, we are watching yeah. Wishmaster. Because I even told you, I was like, no, we can decide on all of them, but there's one movie you don't get a vote on. I've already decided. <laughs> and it was Wishmaster. And it was Wishmaster. And so we did watch Wishmaster. And afterwards, there is no other way to say I was completely flabbergasted <laughs> after watching this movie. Like, dumbstruck. And the thing with the watch parties, it was a lot of fun, but we didn't do what we typically do, which is like really discuss these movies. Uh, we had to just move on to the next one. So after the watch party, I could not help myself. I texted Eric and I was like, look, we're going to have to do an episode on the Wishmaster because we we got some stuff we got to sort through. With yeah, this movie. <laughs> I was I have your exact text pulled up. You said you want to do Wishmaster for for this week. I feel like we slash I need to unpack that. <laughs> and I said, yes. you know what? Let's do it then. Let's do it to it. Because because you're right. Wishmaster is a movie you really need to talk through. Uh, you need to work through it. And we didn't really get that chance. So that is what today is. Mm-hmm. Is to to just kind of get it all out. Get all your Wishmaster feelings out. Before we go into it, yes. speaking of wishes, uh, mm-hmm. if any of you homies were wishing for some extra content, look no further. Your wish has been granted. We did, so n- not uh, this episode that just came out, but the episode that came out before that, 
we were on Fear the Talking Queers podcast, mm-hmm. um, and we collabed with them to talk about none other than Freddy versus Jason. True classic. A true, a true something. You know, I <laughs> a true something. I love, I love going on their show because they always pick movies that. I haven't seen in such a long time and I almost ha- and I have these rose tinted nostalgia glasses on for these movies, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we collab like when we do the episode with them, that's really my first time watching these movies in a while. Right. And you know, it just sometimes they sometimes they hold up and sometimes they don't. Uh <laughs> you'll have to watch the episode to see if what side of the spectrum Freddy versus Jason falls on for me, but we had a lot of fun. Like, yeah, it was a a really great time. I mean, it always is a great time whenever we get to collaborate with them. Like they're amazing podcasters. You guys have heard us talk about them continuously, but if you're like newer to the podcast or you haven't heard those episodes, please go check out Free the Talking Queers, one of our best podcasting friends. Please do. And two awesome, amazing people as well. Yes, honestly, we cannot gas them up enough. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if you guys haven't yet, Freddy versus Jason, like I said, that was their episode from not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. We also, if you are newer to us, we also were on another episode of theirs a while back where we did House of Wax. And then they have been on our show before they did another Freddy movie, uh, the second movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series, which is Freddy's mm-hmm. Revenge. So, yeah, plenty of plenty of extra content if you were at all interested. And like I said, Freddy versus J- just watch Freddy's versus Freddy versus Jason if you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, just go ahead and go ahead and put that in. Give her a check. Check her out. Put that on your put that on your watch list. I still say that first kill is one of the. Mm, I was yeah. I was sa- about to say sandwich boy. Ooh la la! That thing haunts my dreams. It's one of Roshane's. That movie does have one of Roshane's favorite Jason kills. Mm-hmm. So one of my, I think one of my just favorite kills of all time. I'm gonna be honest. There. Oh. It's 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 up there. It is one of my favorite kills. Okay, we'll see, because there are some good kills in this one. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's <laughs> true. This, this movie came this out one. swinging as a contender. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, let's on that note, let's get into the kills. Let's get into the wishes, and let's talk about Wishmaster. All right, homies. As always, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, as we said, we are talking about Wishmaster. Wishmaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one was directed by Robert Kurtzman, uh, written by Peter Atkins, and is starring Tammy Lauren and Andrew Divoff. In the beginning, God created the angels, the earth, mankind, and... The Jinn. It would be wise not to confuse the Jinn with your run-of-the-mill genie. Jinn are evil, all-powerful creatures bound by one thing. Their power can only be used for wishes. 
Should the one who summoned the jinn make three wishes, then the jinn may walk the earth and claim it for their own. And unfortunately for our young jewel appraiser Alexandra, the jinn requires her wishes. Insert glass people, sentient statues, and grammatical loopholes here. Our film concludes with Alexandra and the Jin facing off in a battle of wits and wishes. Also, take a hint Josh, she's just not into you. Roll credits. Well done. The gin, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much what? for coming on our show. <laughs> that voice is like... It's very taxing on the throat. It's a little taxing, but... but. sounds fantastic when he does... He's... Oh, my God. The gin's voice is... Because he doesn't always talk like that um, throughout this film. We'll get into it a little bit, but he kind of has like two forms in this movie. Mm -hmm. So... Sometimes he uses his normal speaking voice, but as soon as he drops into that Jin voice, baby, you know it's on. You're like, <laughs> set the candles, <laughs> oh, my get the goodness. music playing. I'm, it's, it's on and popping. It's true. That's like, I think that's the first thing. If you talk to anybody who's a fan of Wishmaster, the first thing that they will probably do is do the voice. Right. Like nine out of 10 times. But yes, because I did it. You didn't, you hadn't, when you hadn't even seen this movie, I was doing it. And I think you're probably like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's until, true. It's until true. you saw the movie. <laughs> to any of our like eagle eared homies out there, if you've heard Erica do her little cackle, it is 100% <laughs> from Wishmaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you were like, finally, I know, <laughs> I know what's going on. But, yeah. It's, oh, God. It's so good. And, and on that note, <laughs> let's, Let's get into your notebook, Roshane. What What's the first thing you got? So the first thing I got is the Jin may be evil, but the stuff he did at the beginning of this movie truly was spectacular. Absolutely well done. Tens across the board. If you, if, if in fact <laughs> the wish was a variation of like, oh, I want this to be like the craziest party i don't i don't remember if we ever really find out what exactly he wished but in the beginning yeah it was it was so i didn't catch it the first time when we watched it during the watch party but this time it like opens up with him saying uh yes jen show me something spectacular right, like, that right. was his word and, and he was like granted my man did come through <laughs> he did come through five stars if you had to Yelp review him, I think he did come through on his promise. It just wasn't the kind of spectacular he was hoping for. Nope. That's the big thing about this villain, right? Is it's wordplay. That's how he gets you. Yeah. He's, he's an all powerful being. He can do everything that a genie can, you know what I mean? And they make, they go out of their way to say like, this is not a genie. This is a gin, but just for the sake of simplicity, you know, comparing the two. He's got three wishes he's trying to make, and he can do anything, anything mm -hmm. he wants. 
but it has to be wished for. Right, which he takes some liberties with in this in this film, I will say. But yeah, True. this is so this is the the jinn from Muslim culture. So um we have kind of I think kind of westernized it and have come to know this version as like a genie, which is a fun-loving being and can sometimes be a trickster. Uh, but which is partly true, jinns can be good and they can be neutral and they can just be kind of tricky, but they can also be evil and mm -hmm. they are subservient in some way to humans. And so humans do have some kind of a hold on them, which comes through with the jinn having to complete three wishes for a human. But then mm -hmm. once those are done they can rise up and control the world. Conquer the world. Um, so yeah, he is absolutely showing up and showing out at this party. My yeah, my note was this <laughs> this movie was probably a special effects artist's wet dream. Truly. Absolutely. Even, even in this first sec which actually makes a lot of sense because uh the director of this yeah, film. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he is a special effects and makeup artist, Robert Kurtzman, mm -hmm. and that's what he did and he still does, but you know, before directing this and he actually has a cameo in this movie. Yeah. Um <laughs> which I didn't know until like watching some behind the scenes stuff. I was like, "Oh, that's that's I like that that is a thing in horror movies. I think maybe more so than other genres is directors and like people who are in the crew of a movie will like sneak themselves into the movie because they know they're only going to be in there for a second mm -hmm. be killed off and then they can be done mm -hmm. so it's a little bit easier just be like hey you want to be in the, be in here and be a body count real quick sure they're like yeah sure i would oh my god if they told me like oh do you want to have this epic death scene yes please <laughs> yes. Me, bring me in coach like i would love that but yeah this whole first sequence really gives you a taste of the carnage and the ridiculousness of what is to come because i think the thing about the jinn is that he is a very passive villain in the sense mm -hmm. of he doesn't really he himself doesn't do anything he just twists your words and you know causes these bad things happen and then he just kind of chills out and drinks champagne and watches it unfold yeah and that's very true <laughs> so which is you know it's fun and it fits his character but the things that he does are so random there's a person who is like turning into a tree and and then there's a snake man there's a snake man there's someone that just like not only do they shed their skin and their skeleton stands up and looks around like, what the? Then they become very angry and just start attacking, <laughs> just start attacking people. <laughs> that I'm, was that was my favorite one by far yeah. was the sentient skeleton. That was mm, so good. He popped off. He went from agony to confusion to like, I'm going to mess up everybody's career it, within mm -hmm. the matter of seconds. The like character arc of the skeleton man is <laughs> what people write about, honestly. <laughs> true, true. But also, I, I've said it in an episode before, but I will say it again. There is something about pre-2000 <laughs> CGI skeletons that just tickles me every time. I love seeing them. I just love how clearly CGI they look, but 
they always, you know what it is? They've always got attitudes. Every yeah. single one. There's never a CG early early 2000s, late 90s CGI skeleton that doesn't have a little bit of an attitude problem. And I love that about them. They always have the like furrowed brow. And they're always looking at you <laughs> right? like, what the? Like, I always think of the uh, Benny from Halloween Town when mm-hmm. he's all mad and he like is being all sassy and he has this like furrowed brow. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all kind of have a little bit of that. They're all a little bit cocky, which relax you're a skeleton like <laughs> <You> <laughs> bring it down and <laughs> bring it down a couple notches <laughs> but, but yeah he does he does this great great opening scene which i remember when we were watching this live with people um i'm pretty sure i was like yeah i'm sold on this movie <laughs> the moment this opening mm-hmm. sequence happened because it's just Moments it's so in. glorious mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you literally have like us talking about it does not do it justice. If you don't want to watch the movie, whatever. But at least watch that opening sequence. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I do recommend if you haven't seen this movie, and even if you listen to us explain the whole thing, I promise you, watching it is a whole different experience. Even if you just maybe look up some clips from it, it's worth it. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, we you know we find out most of what we need to know within this first sequence of we at least we find out what the jinn's purpose is and yeah. that by completing that third wish you're basically damning the entire world to rule under the jinn the yeah. and we get some narration that never comes back in the movie but i will say the narrator is um also a cameo because there are a lot of cameos a ton ton of cameos in this movie by staples of the horror genre but the narrator is angus scrim who plays the tall man for any phantasm fans Mm. um and i always wondered why there was a narrator for literally the first scene and not again and i'm assuming it's because they were like well we have to get angus scrim's voice in here somewhere so that's fun. <laughs> that's and you, real quick, I think that's the best way to describe this movie. Just starting out is it is such a fun movie. Like yeah. we'll you know we'll dissect whether or not this movie is good. Don't worry. But if nothing else, one thing you cannot take away from the Wishmaster is it is an absolutely fun movie. One mm-hmm. one of the most fun movies I've seen in a very long time. Yes, and it's only ninety. It's a nine quick ninety minutes goes by pretty fast and there's actually a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie if you are a Mm -hmm. person who gets frustrated in horror movies when the villain's not doing enough or there's not enough um horror (laughs) within the movie this movie has it every couple of minutes there's something going on with the djinn he's pulling some kind of wish out of someone and something Mm -hmm. horrible is happening to somebody for 85% of this movie. I think there's only like 10 minutes of it worth people just kind of sitting around and talking, which is not bad at all. Yeah. But uh, our next big cameo that we get who ends up being a a pretty big character in this film is Robert England, Mm -hmm. who is playing just a regular guy who is (laughs) once a statue. Which is kind of off-putting. Uh, honestly, weird. when you get so used to seeing him in Freddy makeup, every time he appears as his normal self, I'm like, I forget you're a person sometimes, it's my like, guy. I just see you mm-hmm. as 
a terrifying manifestation of my dreams. He's pulled up. He's got the baby hair slicked back. He's got the vest <laughs> on. He he's got the timepiece. He's wait. He's he's ordered the statue. Him and and Ted Raimi are are waiting to get this statue. And this is the next great <laughs> part. Ted Raimi plays his assistant, and he gets squashed by a box falling <laughs> out of the sky is the only way to to put it but this death didn't have to happen like it, it's one of those deaths <laughs> where you don't want to victim blame but he stood directly under the box even though it was swinging precariously and obviously was not being handled with care he goes mm -hmm. stands exact directly under the box and then watches it fall and squish himself and the reactions the way that people react to it they react as if they just got told that their school was still going to be open on a snow day not like somebody just got absolutely demolished <laughs> underneath the statue <laughs> it really seemed like to everybody there that this is something that happens at least a like once lot. a week the, it, it does it you almost expect the camera to pan over and for them to have that like zero days since last accident kind of a gag <laughs> because everybody reacts like this is a normal occurrence oh man not Unfazed. another dead body mm -hmm. hey all right somebody clean that up um also ted Raimi is sam Raimi's brother for anybody who doesn't yes. know evil dead yada yada etc 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 um but along with just completely glossing over the fact that a man was turned into a pancake. Um, somehow in the chaos, uh, someone is able to steal a fire opal, which in the previous scene is what the djinn is sealed into by a sorcerer. That's how they right. stop him before he takes over the world is one of the sorcerers does a little magic trick and seals him into an opal, which... Um, by the way, when they were making that opal, I did think to myself, I'm pretty sure that's not how jewels are made, but we'll go with, <laughs> we'll go with it for the sake of the movie. But all right. Cause this yeah. man forged that opal like it was the one ring. And I was like, I'm just pretty sure that's not how it works. That's, um, but who am I to say? I'm no expert. That's the thing. A lot of the times in this movie when there are obviously meant to be special effects happening, I don't quite think they fully explain to the actors how they should be forging the quote-unquote magic <laughs> that is occurring <laughs> because yeah they'll just be standing there and what they're doing doesn't quite match what they've conjured up because in that same scene like the wishmaster you know when it, he starts to make the room all wavy and all the gins or and demons are like trying to break through Mm -hmm. uh, he the, the way reactions. he was standing there, the way the way that he was standing there, I said I don't think he's doing what he he thinks he's doing. It's True. not giving what it's supposed to give. Yeah, <laughs> but we got we also got to remember too is like they were working with a ton of CGI in this film, despite yeah. the fact that there was a lot of uh, practical as well. And it's actually not bad. Like some of it, obviously, it's the '90s and it's not a huge budget movie, but. I was actually I actually am surprised every time I watch this by how okay it looks at a lot mm -hmm. of time at a lot of points. This was also produced by Wes Craven. I don't true, remember true. if we forgot forgot if to we mention that, that, yes. Um but yeah, the we get this 
opal, which ends up being the vessel that the djinn is, is contained to. So what the magic lamp would be for, you know, what a we genie. would consider a genie. And so then we meet Alex and, and Josh. Um Josh, it makes me a little uncomfortable. This is the thing. As he should. <laughs> As, he, As should. he should. They're really trying to paint Josh to be a good guy who's really just missing out on it, on his chance. And mm -hmm. I'm sure he is a good guy, but he comes off a little bit um, extra. He's a little bit too aggressive <laughs> for my liking, considering that Alex is very adamantly telling him, I do not want to date you. Was it the fact that every other sentence was, do you want to go out with me? Is go Was it that me. or? Go out with me, Alex. And she's like, I don't know. Thank you. And he was like, we should go out. And she's like, I really, really don't want to. And then, yeah, <laughs> next thing you know, he's like, dinner and a movie. Huh? Sir, what do you, what's going on up there? What's not, yeah. what's not clicking? Because <laughs> I, if I was Alex, I don't even know because they're meant to be best friends, right? Which mm -hmm. this is kind of a silly storyline in the movie. This whole relationship between them and how it gets yeah, it's in the grand scheme of things, out. it's really not necessary at all. It's really not. I um, I would have preferred they should have either just had them be best friends or they should have already been in a relationship. I yeah. don't like this whole and and it's. You know, it, it's just one of those things where the way that it's played, because obviously Josh ends up being our first victim. We don't really spend that much time with him. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of that, they had to push so much um, like exposition in this one scene. And they really had to push that he's in love with her. And mm -hmm. so he comes across very intense and is really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. I'm like, would you guys still be friends? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she would have still been hanging out with him because it seems like every single time that they hang out, he yeah, I feel like this was on her. Yeah, like this seems like their regular day to day. I'm like, girl, go find new friends. You Please. you're young. You could you you could find a different crowd to hang out with, Josh. Josh needs to get his shit together, but he doesn't have time to because he dies shortly after. Swiftly. Um, mm -hmm. Due to the fact that Alex, now the guy that she works for, gets the gem from the guy who stole it. And then she's while she's appraising it, she accidentally releases the gin um, <laughs> because she uh, appraises it in... <laughs> In a, a very, I don't know, you, you want to describe it? <laughs> Non-professional manner. The note I wrote was, Alex's hot breath awakens the gin. Because <laughs> it is what happens. She has the jewel and she is, you know, like looking on it, looking at it. She goes to put it under the microscope. And I would assume that as a professional appraiser, you would probably have cleaning tools to properly mm -hmm. clean a, a gem. She just breathes her, just breathes absolutely like it's Jay Holiday, you know, his song Bed and the way that he breathes and that that's what she does <laughs> on the jewel. <laughs> and the gin is like, whoa, I'm awake. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> ooh, I'm up. I I'm am aroused. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> up and at him. So as a result of that, she is now the master i guess you could say of him yeah because she is the one that wakes him up and so that's the that's the specific of this i mean 
maybe Jin lore in general, but for this Jin and for the sake of our movie, he can grant wishes to anyone. Right. Like, that doesn't matter. But he needs three wishes from the person who awakened him for him to get his grand master plan to fruition. Yes. And it's interesting because anytime that Alex wishes, she very specifically has to say, I wish. But then Mm. with other people, he just, as long as they say like, oh, I would like, or I hope, or it would be nice to, that's Mm -hmm. a wish. Immediately, that's a wish. (laughs) He's he's like, perfect. Um, But yeah, so... The Jin would make a great lawyer, first and foremost. He is great at finding the little holes in your argument. All of the loopholes. He is absolutely killing it um i don't know if they have like an employee of the month type thing in the gin society but i have to imagine (laughs) this man has been has absolutely climbed the ranks because he's demolishing this town but this is another thing too that happens throughout the movie and it first happens right now is there's a connection between alex and the gin and also the victims of the djinn like she can feel anytime he's doing his thing she can feel it or she can Mm -hmm. sense it and it hurts her Mm -hmm. which okay it's it's like an it's an interesting thing but then also at the same time it's weird because then we just end up getting a lot of shots extended shots of alex like moaning and screaming and writhing around <laughs> yeah it's, it starts to get kind of erotic after a while it, because it's yeah. literally just oh ah, 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 it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> it, it becomes a lot also alex to me is they wanted linda hamilton but they didn't have the budget for Linda Hamilton, maybe they look maybe. Ve- they look very similar. It's true. Like I, I definitely hear what you say, but I, I think I think that Lauren does a pretty good job. Oh like, no, no, yeah. Sorry, Tammy Lauren does a pretty good job. I really like her in this movie, but I just they could play sisters in true. a movie. Anytime I see her, I'm just like they could be related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But yeah, so they've got this connection. Um, Josh is dead, which his his death was. Out of all of them, despite the fact that he does, like, twist the words around a bit, like, Josh's was, there was something about Josh's that both times watching it through, I'm like, it seemed like you really could have avoided that, my guy. Yeah. Because he's, so he's in weakened form because he's been stuck in the gem this whole time. So he kind of crawls at Josh in, like, baby form after <laughs> exploding from the gem, which baby Jin is. Both terrifying and slightly cute. He is, um. Yeah, he's a little baby Jin, played by Vern Troyer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he crawls over to Josh. He's like, I can make your pain <laughs> go away. All you have to do is wish for it. And Josh is like, okay, okay, yeah. And and if I was Josh, I'd be like, somebody call an ambulance, please. <laughs> but he's like, nah, I'm going to put all my faith in this little demon baby thing crawling at right, me. Right, because, and I, I guess, you know, he's probably blinded by pain. Maybe he couldn't really see who he was speaking to. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the gin is basically like cuddling up next to Josh, it basically is like fit itself in the little crook in his neck and is like whispering sweet nothings into his ear. 
<laughs> Both the baby gen and full adult gen really seems like a cross of like if a xenomorph had sex with a human and then had a baby. Yeah. I feel like that's what you would get if, yes, visually. If a xenomorph had sex with a human, but then decided to also have a threesome with the creeper from Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> This is like it would be a an like amalgamation of all of them, and it would just be the gin. <laughs> yeah, but so he kills him, and I, by killing him slash by granting his wish, that's what fuels his power. So he does get stronger every time he mm-hmm. gets a wish from anyone. So after killing him, he turns from baby gin back into like a young adult gin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically his normal self again, but not quite. He still needs to suck up a little bit more wish juice. But what, let's talk about the most important thing that he grows. What? His tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Those two little tentacle braids that, that is, my boy has. Uh, the ever moving, <laughs> ever <gasps> swaying tentacles that should be getting best supporting actor and maybe mm-hmm. actress because they are working their ass off for the entire movie. And best supporting actor goes to <laughs> the Jin's tentacles. There's a, there's actually a lot of tentacles in this movie, which mm-hmm. it, it starts to gross me out by the end of it. It's just they're always flapping around and they're yeah. always making they're always making this slapping noise a little bit later on they start to sound like a bunch of flies buzzing around Ew. yeah yeah i don't know but yes his hair is, is straight tentacle baby yeah becky with the good hair he is not <laughs> we'll say that much but yes he has tentacle hair and he is now on a path to find alex because he's not strong enough to be be able to find her on his own you yeah, would think it, 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 it kind of seemed like he was all powerful but not necessarily all knowing right is what i was getting right because he has to f- basically look her up the old-fashioned way <laughs> like <laughs> ask around town try and find her address like try and get her phone number mm-hmm. so yeah he has to track down alex because she needs to start making her wishes but along the way he he decides to have a little fun. Yeah, scoop up some side wishes while he's at it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this next wish um, at the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Where Which, oh, I love that homeless dude. That was such a great <laughs> homeless performance. You very much enjoyed him. That is also an actor who has been in a lot of. I think John Carpenter films. And I looked at his Wikipedia and it said, played a lot of homeless and drunk characters. And I was I like, I can tell he he's very, he's very <laughs> talented in that profession. He is. So, yeah, you loved him the first time we watched it. You were like, I loved really him the first on time. his I side. I loved him the second time. <laughs> it's because he, he talks that good shit. That's why I liked him. <laughs> like, that pharmacist came at him real hot and, like, yeah. Is he harassing people walking into your store? Yeah, yes. but you could have put some respect in your voice when you were speaking to him. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. He uh, he comes. The pharmacist is also played by Reggie, who played Reggie in Phantasm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the gin kind of coerces the homeless man to say 
the most specific of things, which is basically that I I wish he doesn't say I wish, but he says something like he that man should get cancer and die or something like that. And so that is what happens. The gin granted. granted. <laughs> and so yeah, the gin basically progresses it so that the man basically goes through all of the symptoms of cancer within like 10 seconds and then dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the homeless man is shook, obviously. I love how he's shook in this moment, but then when we cut to him later on, he's having a ball. He's like playing a game of <laughs> poker with, with yeah. his friends and he's like laughing. <laughs> he is full. He is fully forgotten completely about the moved magical on. being <laughs> yeah. that murdered someone in front of him. He, he could not be fucking bothered with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do absolutely love the Jin's monologue as he's smoking the cigarette <laughs> yeah. that he steals from the homeless dude. Run, insect. Tell them there's <laughs> yeah. a thing loose in your city. Yeah. <laughs> Does he say, but don't take too long or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Run, insect. Run and tell those you will what you will. Tell them there is something loose in their city. Something which feeds on wishes. But tell them quickly, while you still have a soul. I was like, ah, Jin. You get me. You get me every time. Um, that's but like honestly, I think that's the thing about the Jin is you. So you're trying like this is the '90s, right? So you're trying to make a character that's going to stand up against Freddie, Jason, uh, Michael Myers, et cetera, et cetera, and that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the Jin and why I feel like it stands a testament of time is just the performance. Yeah, is just so goddamn good. It is. It's a fantastic and because especially that's the thing. If you're going to have a villain who can speak and who can have a personality, you have to have a good actor who can pull that off because Mm -hmm. everything is balancing on that. And I yeah, they nailed it because he is 100 percent committed. He is obviously having a ball and he has made a decision the way that the djinn speaks, the way he acts, the way he, he walks, <laughs> everything is like obviously a choice and it works perfectly for the character. This character teeters per- wonderfully for me, teeters on serious and comedic because yeah. I, the way he looks is actually pretty creepy. I do love the way that he looks and the things that he can do are creepy. But yeah, but he does have some funny. like Freddy esque one liners oh, occasionally yeah. that get thrown I in mean, there. You can't have this man saying, "Yeah, this shit just hit the fan," <laughs> and like not have me burst into <laughs> into like an actual like laughing fit. I can't, <laughs> I can't not. Um, but <laughs> this is another thing too. So Alex, Alex is a basketball coach. Out of just nowhere. For no reason. And they try and make it tie in to later on. And it just doesn't. Like, it it just does not make sense. It's It's like, it's not that it was like such a huge, like, 
this shouldn't be in there. But it's also like we didn't need it yeah. either. It was just one of those things that was there. It was a little bit of character um, information. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, sure, She's just but such an interesting. It's like she plays tennis a lot. She's best friends with a guy that wants to sleep with her all the time. She's a basketball coach who praises jewelry. And oh, her entire family died in a house fire that she apparently saved her sister from. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Alex, like, you've she, lived a wild life, girl. <laughs> she she's lived, all right. And she's, you know, she's just out here finding herself. She's yes. she's doing different things, seeing which of these is gonna stick. Yeah. Um, and she's just trying to mind her own business. But, you know, she got an evil gin, uh, unbeknownst to her, chasing her throughout mm-hmm. the city. Alex is just trying to live. She's trying to be in her, like, hot girl era, her girl boss era. Mm-hmm. And the gin is on her tail. But first, the gin has to get, he needs to look human uh, because he looks like a monster. So he goes. <laughs> He goes to the school of medicine to steal somebody's face or steal like a dead body's face. And the extras, as he's walking up the stairs, they are chewing up this scene. They <laughs> got the assignment and they said, oh, I'm getting A+. The mm-hmm. like the reactions they have to him walking up the stairs because he's like cloaked himself since he's walking in broad day- daylight. But yeah. he he steals... A face, which is just the actor, which is kind of cool because then the actor gets to play and look like himself. Yeah, I I do think that was for how weird of a maneuver it was. I think it was very smart in terms of just like movie and filmmaking to have that happen so that you wouldn't have to have him in the gin makeup for the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's nice because. I and I like and this is a part of Jin lore, like them being able to shapeshift into mm-hmm. different humans and different animals. So I think it makes them out. I think it makes sense. But I do. It is fun also being able to see him be a human running around and wreaking havoc because it definitely makes a lot more sense when he's the human um, for him to be able to kind of convince these people to make these, you know, wishes unbeknownst to them. Um, so True. yeah, he, he's finally in his human form. He fucks this kid's life up because <laughs> this kid, let me, let me take them eyes real quick. My guy, yeah, he like he snatched them. He seals, like seals his eyes. Yeah. He like shut. seals them shut. And, and the kids like, <laughs> I like the kid though. He's like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now the Jin is wearing a human suit, basically. Yeah, human meat suit. And now he's got a couple of wishes under his belt, too. So he's feeling good, he's you know. Feeling he's very feeling refreshed good. after his long mm-hmm. opal sleep. Yeah, after just chilling in there with his pet and just kind of hanging out on his throne. Tentacle demon dog. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he, he gets a kid at the medical center and then after that he gets a girl at a department store. Um, yeah, cause she thinks he's the sexiest. Oh Apparently gosh, he is the sexiest thing on the but planet. But she's like it, the, the minute he steps out in that suit, I don't know if she was like always that way or if it's the suit mm-hmm. that gets her. Cause the minute he steps out of that dressing room, she speeds like she is flustered. 
How's it look? You tell me. something else a different style maybe Tighter? yeah and it's like i'm not i'm not out here i'm not here to say that you know and andrew devop isn't an attractive dude but the way she was drooling would make mm -hmm. you think like she has never been laid a day in her life like she is yeah. ready to just do it on the floor right there he was salivating and everything that he said it was like she was just she couldn't compute words that's the thing about it it was she couldn't even, she could barely speak and every time he asked her a question she was shook and he does this thing where he asks her cash or card and she says i guess cash and he makes it appear in her bra and, and she doesn't question it at all <laughs> she's like thank dope okay thank you i'm like ma'am <laughs> Something ain't right. Something's not adding up for for me. But she I, had to have been like newly divorced or something like that. She was on the prowl. There's no way someone is that blinded by the sexiness yeah. of this gin man. But he gets her. She almost gets. She's another character that almost gets away, and mm -hmm. at the last minute you know, says, oh, yeah, I'd like to be nice to be beautiful forever. So he turns her into a mannequin, wig and all. They, I said, I've never seen a mannequin with a wig. I <laughs> I, I would question that if I was, <laughs> if the, I worked at the, the store. Disrespect. Also, he didn't even have to fuck with her. Like, there are several people in this movie that he just does it for the fuck of it. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. And, like, did you just, like, she helped you find a nice suit that wasn't enough? <laughs> like, like you had the money to pay for it nothing bad was happening but he just can't resist it, it ends up being one of those things where if you talk to the gin you're probably gonna get messed up because he yeah. just can't he it's too much fun for him he yeah. relishes it too much to resist not ruining your life <laughs> he's, ha he's having a good time he's, he's having, having a, a good time yeah and you know it's fun to watch so <laughs> so i'll give him that um but alex while all that's happening alex is on her you know her nancy drew yeah she, which i, I give knows. her credit for she's like yeah some shit has definitely gone down some supernatural shit's going down i need to figure this stuff out yeah. so like that part i do respect her character for yeah i i enjoy that she immediate i like that she immediately knows that something is going on because the Jin and alex don't really meet and have their like first confrontation until the movie is nearing its end and so it's nice to have her still actively involved without mm -hmm. having to have that happen because otherwise if that wasn't the case then because really josh is the only person for a while that she knows directly that's been involved with it so if that didn't happen then you know, she would just be oblivious for the whole movie, which I feel like would have been really frustrating. Yeah, so, it would have been annoying as shit, honestly. Yeah, so it's really nice to have her actively, you know, trying to figure out what she can do and aware that something bad is happening, which comes with that connection. But also she goes, she talks to um, Robert England's character 
And then she talks to a professor of folklore. And pe people are always invading Alex's space. Her boss does it earlier where he just appears not only behind her, but like in, right in her, her face. Ear. And then it happens again when she visits the professor with that college student who is like, oh, I wanted to show the professor my mask. But she's like, <laughs> so you roll up. <laughs> she's. But like, yeah, she's pushed herself right up into Alex's face and Alex freaks out, understandably. And then both the professor and the student act like she's crazy. Like, they're both like, are you okay? I was like, I would throw hands. I would be like, very have you, upset. <laughs> have you never been scared shitless at a theater production before? <laughs> yeah, you obviously... Obviously. You're not cultured, clearly. Yeah. Oh, is this your first time at a theater? Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but speaking of her doing her Nancy Drew, though, mm -hmm. Jin is also doing some Nancy Drewing of his own. Um, yeah. Because yeah. like his his idea of how to find her isn't terrible. Because he goes to the police station knowing that she, knowing that he killed her friend, mm -hmm. that the police would have information on her. Like the gen is smart. He may not be all knowing, but he's smart as shit. Yeah. So he knows to go to the police station, which that police station scene is nutty. That scene is fantastic. Yeah. So he goes to the police station and <laughs> and he's immediately being weird, right? So the police officer doesn't want to give any of Alex's information. Mm -hmm. And there is a criminal that they have there that they have not been they know he's guilty but they can't pin him for anything and the gin tricks the police officer into saying like oh i wish we could i wish he would just do something with a bunch of witnesses mm -hmm. <laughs> and boy does he do something <laughs> i mean y'all 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 he ripped somebody's jaw, jaw off. smooth off he not only that he shoots about four police officers in the precinct and then you know they they subdue him but then the gin needs him to kind of keep keep it up while he steals alex's address so yeah he gives him this like surge of like hulk strength and he mm -hmm. rips he sticks his hand in somebody's mouth and rips their jaw off but the best i mean my, my man's <laughs> pulled that jaw off like it was a goddamn sticker just clean, fucking yanked it clean off and that was another example of the practical effects being so good because they they stay on that they don't cut away you no. watch the ripping of the jaw and it looks brutal this yeah and then not only that so after he's ripped the jaw off every single police officer in there starts shooting him uh they shoot him about 38 times mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's just like he's just you know popping off in the middle of the in the station my favorite part of that scene though is there's a certain point i it's either right before that guy's jaw gets ripped off or after but they cut over to the gin and there's an extra in the scene 
who walks calmly around the desk. It almost looks like he's like still filing paperwork, like while everything's <laughs> happening. He's like, this is the perfect time for me to get all my my like desk work done. It's and finally it's so, Johnny left the copier. I've been waiting all he's morning. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. God, <laughs> it's just so <laughs> random. He just comes out of nowhere and he looks so calm compared to everything else that's happening. Fucking silly. Oh, but because no. of that, he gets he gets Alex's address. Yeah. And you know, real quick, the thing, you know, what it is about the gin and like all of the wishes is it almost feels like like nine out of ten of the people that he's talking to, the conversations I feel like in real life would have ended a couple sentences earlier mm-hmm. before they ever made it to the wish. Mm-hmm. I think the police station is a prime example of what the fuck is this motherfucker doing in here? Right. Asking like he's clearly asking some weird questions. A real police officer would have been like, you need to yeah. go. Can you leave? And also, the police officer gives him so much information. Like, if that were a real situation, you have this weird guy who just came in and is asking about a woman and is, like, asking for her information. I don't think you would just be like, oh, yeah, you see that criminal over there? That's, yeah, let me tell That's like <laughs> Let me tell you some classified yeah. information really quick, that's my guy. Bojangle Bob, and he's been killing people <laughs> around town all week. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like his social security number is eight six seven. It's like, right, reel it in, officer. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you can tell that that was far. eating away at him because he oh, was ready to say that to the first person who asked. Like, man, this motherfucker I can't book. He was pissed. He's like that person that just keeps sighing. Because something's <laughs> wrong and they want you to ask. Yeah, that's <sighs> basically the police officer in this scene. Um, but he has her address, and then is and then and then he goes to see her boss, right? I think so. Yeah, or or it might be vice versa. Maybe I I may be having a lapse of memory here, but maybe he gets just information on like where she works or something like that. Right. Um, and so I think she's going to her job to get the last bit of information on her location and whatnot. Right. And this, because, um, yeah, he, he ends up visiting her work, which would make sense because I don't, the police would probably just have, like, her phone number, and then they met her at her job yes. originally. Um, so now we get Kane Hodder. <laughs> um, another, another cameo, baby. Another cameo, Kane Hodder, who played uh, Jason Voorhees in some of the Friday the 13th movies. And this is another case of someone so nearly besting the gin and then so having close. to take it one step further. Now, this, I think, was the death that had you the most puzzled when we originally <laughs> watched this. It did. It did. But it was mostly the CGI. I got to be <laughs> yeah, real with you. Yeah. It was 100% the CGI. Because now, granted, rewatching this again, this is one of those movies, right, where when you watch it the first time, especially in like 2021, where we are now, you are it's very jarring to see the special effects but because i'd now seen it once already i knew what level of special effects to be looking for mm-hmm. and so this time around i'll admit it didn't bug me <laughs> as much except except after so basic the the wish was basically like um well, first, he's like, I want you to go away, which he was forced to have to do. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I got to get in there. And he's like, yeah. No, no. no <laughs> As he's no. walking away, no. I must get I in must. there. He's like, 
yeah, the only way you'd get in there is if you went through me, and I'd love to see that. Yeah. And then he just smirks. He's like, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. Um, so he then turns him into liquid glass, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they they try to have – they try and do two things. They try and have him look like glass, but also still, like, have – like. They're trying to have you be able to see into his body and see mm-hmm. all of his organs and stuff. So he's half glass, half a person, and it makes it look like, yeah, plastic, plasticky and liquidy. It, it's yeah. bizarre looking. <laughs> it, and so anyway, Jin walks through the guy, right? And like the thing <laughs> is, though, is because of the uh, limitations of that era. All it really is is like he walks through the goop man and then the glass just shatters Shatter. into like early IMAX style mm-hmm. glass. <laughs> yeah. where I was like, I it, even second time through, I got to I got to uh, <laughs> be a little judgmental of that one. It it out of all of the deaths, that one is definitely on the more ridiculous side and as it is funny, but it does look preposterous like even every time I, i've seen this movie so many times at this point and still every time i see it i'm scratching my head i don't it's, i have no it's words it's such <laughs> a weird it's such a weird representation of his wish but right. you know it, it gets easier to watch on on a second time through i will say that but that does not excuse it for how it looks. It looks <laughs> it looks pretty silly. Right. Um, but so he dies and then <laughs> and then the gin goes and talks to Alex's boss. Alex's boss is a real one because he refuses to give out any of her information. Mm-hmm. And he keeps kind of calling the gin on his shit. But this is another thing. The gin's being mad weird and his boss and her boss just continues to have this conversation with him and as a result (laughs) this one is definitely while the last one was the most ridiculous i think this one is the most convoluted because (laughs) that's true the chin basically the boss is you know one of those he's mr Krabs. basically all he wants is money and Mm -hmm. he insinuates that he would love to come into a lot of money and so the gin, his the boss's mom is about to go on a flight, and the people at the airline have her sign, uh, have her sign a paper that says, "If she were to die in the flight, all of her money." It's like a a life insurance policy where a mm-hmm. million dollars would be granted to her son, and then we see <laughs> we see a clip of the plane going up and it immediately bursts into flames <laughs> <laughs> Which the first time when we watched that live i was like what the fuck and then knowing what was going to happen and watching it again it actually made me enjoy it more because of just how ridiculously it's convoluted it is ridiculous <laughs> it's so ridiculous and i will say and i mentioned this in the stream so i have wishmaster and wishmaster 2 on dvd and mm-hmm. then they are on amazon i we obviously we watched it on amazon we did the watch party it on the dvd there is another scene that is cut out of the Amazon version where after the plane explodes, they call him 
and they say like, oh, your mom just died and you got a million dollars and he like bursts into tears. Um, it's cut out of the Amazon version, even though it's only like a 20 second clip, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it still works without it. But I do think it's nice because it kind of ends that story and you get to yeah. see that he realizes what has happened. Um, yeah, it, in the Amazon version, they just moved the fuck off. They said bye, <laughs> R.I.P. R- R- like, man. You, you guys get the idea. Like, how many deaths have we done so far? Y'all know what just happened here. We're moving. We're moving forward. <laughs> oh, it's so great though. I just love that clip because the the plane literally just leaves the thing. Wheels start coming up, and then it just boom. It's just gone. It's ridiculous. Um. So finally. We get to the Jin and Alex having their first confrontation, mm-hmm. which comes after the Jin pretends to be the professor and is first really mean to Alex and then kind of flirts with her. And Alex doesn't seem like she's questioning it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But we realize that it's actually the Jin in the he, whole time. The whole time, and he has killed the professor. Yeah, m- fucking murdered the professor. When we watched it live, the scene I may have like slightly checked out, and so this time I actually really watched that scene, and it's really kind of clever what the Jin is doing here. Um, that mm-hmm. I did not notice the first time through is because like the entire time. The professor, who's the Jen, is being is trying to be very like overly hospitable. Mm-hmm. Just every two seconds, be like, "Hey, can I get you something? Would you are like? You cold? Would you like some, mm-hmm. Are you cold? Do you want me to like turn on the heat? Do you want me to get you a drink? Just ask me for something, anything. Literally, ask me for something, please." Yeah, and trying to get Alex to use a wish because at this point she hasn't used any. And if this were me, I would have. I'm such a person, yes, because I'm just such a person where someone asks me like, oh, well, I don't know. I I guess it depends because I'm the type of person where even if it's cold somewhere or hot somewhere, I won't want to put anyone out. So I'll be like, oh, I'm fine. But then Mm -hmm. at the same time, so if somebody asked me, oh, do you want something to drink? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And if they kept being really insistent upon it, I eventually would just say yes, rather than continue to turn them down because mm-hmm. I'd feel bad. So yeah, I probably would have doomed the world over some tea or like <laughs> some water or something. <laughs> yeah, but the Jin reveals himself and now we have the confrontation and he's just like, all right, playtime's over. Give me my three wishes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And she starts off with, Again, being a smarter character, being like, all right, well, or he actually offers her a free wish. He's like, right. look, let me show you what I can do. Let me let me give you a, a seven day free trial mm-hmm. real quick. And, Ask and, me for something. And he's surprisingly being honest because you could see this and you'd think, oh, he's tricking her and this is going to be mm-hmm. a real wish. But no, he actually follows through on this as a freebie. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool thing about this antagonist is that he does have to follow a very set specific set of rules. Yeah. Um, so I think that does add some nuance to him. But yeah, he gives her a free wish. And naturally, she's like, all right, blow your fucking head off. Yeah, destroy yourself. He he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. He does. And he says, you know, I'm immortal. I can't die. So now she knows that that's not a possibility for a wish. And then she she does kind of waste her, her next two wishes, unfortunately. Yes, she does. She truly does. Uh, which sucks. But... And it's not her, you know, she doesn't really know very much about him. So she doesn't know quite yet 
how he twists wishes, mm-hmm. but wishes. Um, <laughs> wishes. <laughs> but she, you know, she tr- she's trying to know learn more about him. So she makes a wish to do so, to know what he really is. And he transports her down into the diamond. And this is where we see what he does with the souls because he's he has collected the souls of everyone who has made a wish and he just tortures them for forever mm-hmm. and has them wrapped in tentacles. They're being whipped by tentacles. A lot of tentacles. A lot of tentacles. Tentacle porn. Borderline tentacle porn. But yeah, so, but because she's in the diamond now, she has to use another one of her wishes to get herself out. And she really learns nothing from, like, yeah. <laughs> she learns nothing also, from that wish. The crazy thing about that wasted wish is, like, I feel like she got so much information on him already from both the professor yes. and from him. I know. Like, he really just spilled everything about himself as the professor about what he's doing, yes. who he is, et cetera, et cetera. And she's still like, but I want to know you. Right. I'm saying, I'm like, you've learned everything there is to know about him so far. And you know that you can't wish now you know that you can't wish for him to destroy himself he's immortal you know that he can take people's forms what else do you need to know it's just yeah it's just they had to get her to her third wish because when we go into the final act she is now at her very last wish and we get our final showdown which takes place at robert england's house party and we get another cameo, baby, Candyman and how appropriate! Mm-hmm. How Tony appropriate Tide. that Candyman pops up. Tony motherfucking Todd is. <clears throat> go the- listen to our Candyman episodes, homies. It was last week. Go listen to that. Go listen to that sweet, sweet Candyman voice. Uh, Cause we put a little, a couple clips. You know, we had to put his voice in the episode. And you know what? They knew in this movie that they had to utilize his voice because I think of most of the cameos, he gets quite a lot of lines. I actually very much enjoy listening to him and uh, the Jin talking back and forth, <laughs> both mm-hmm. in their voices. Um, it's. You know what's kind of funny though is like, despite him being such an imposing guy, because he's like we established in our last episode, he's a very tall um, juggernaut of a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was for me, he was just not very intimidating <laughs> in this of, film. Kind of reminds me of my dad in this scene. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there's, like, I get what there's you're one saying. line specifically where he's like, um, or like he tells him his name is like Alexander, whatever, like whatever yeah. the fuck his name is. And he's like, he like snaps at him. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, remember that when they asked what happened to your eye? I was like, what? Eye. Yeah, because he's like, Valentine. John Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> I am going through that door and you will not stop me. Is that perfectly clear, doorman? Door. The name is Valentine. Johnny Valentine. You remember that when they asked how you lost your eye? And it's like, but uh, yeah, that's the thing about it is you have these huge 
horror movie villains who are just regular guys in this movie mm-hmm. because we get the sense that yeah he's a bouncer but that's just kind of he's not super invested in the job he probably deals with just rich snobby people all the time and doesn't really have to worry about <laughs> anything serious happening because uh, right. he's the bouncer at this very rich house party and this is another time where they're in this very heated, heated confrontation. And then all of a sudden, the djinn helps him profess that he just wants to escape his job. And he doesn't <laughs> want to be there anymore. And they just suddenly start having this heart to heart. And uh, yeah, as a result, he is put into a water tank and he has to escape. Because he's like, say that you want to escape. It's like, Yes. Like, all right, bet. Put the man in the box. Put him in the box. Yeah. So now we're at the final party, and we kind of get a like an updated version of what we saw in the beginning. Because obviously, mm-hmm. the party that happens in the beginning, or it's not even really a party, but the the mass chaos that we see in the beginning is something that happened in the past. Yeah. Now we're at a nice house. It's you know the 90s so we robert it's robert england's wish to have a party that will go down in history and so the gin just starts blowing everybody's spot up basically <laughs> like mm-hmm. he and crazy enough like when you start this movie mm-hmm. and you see that opening sequence you're like how nothing is going to top this like there's no amount of crazy that can top this crazy and that's a lie because yeah. they top it during the sequence. Right. Uh, the sequence starts with a woman turning to glass um, again. Shattering and then just fucking annihilating everyone within a 10-foot yes. radius. The glass obliterates everybody within its path. <laughs> and then we see a couple people whose faces are all... Get blendered distorted. by some like... By some statue snakes. Yeah, it's <laughs> they get whipped up like goddamn cake batter. They look really yeah. It's very like if you've ever seen the movie Society. It their faces are very much that. They just get blended and all morphed weird together. A lot of a lot of the effects for me actually reminded me of like Beetlejuice, like mm, mm-hmm. or the floops from Spy Kids. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they kind of look like those too. Um, but so there's that, you know, people are getting a slice and dice with piano wire. Well, that's the director, right? Mm-hmm. The director's the one who gets uh, the director gets decapitated. piano wire decapitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people get caught on fire in a very obvious fire stunt <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where the man was just told to kind of walk around on fire. <laughs> Um, and then we get more tentacles. More more tentacles. A lot more tentacles, actually. More te- this is the worst, I think, offender of the tentacle. The man hanging from the ceiling with his tentacles oh, yeah. whipping around Because the super flapping fast. tentacle exists for all of, like, three scenes in a row. It's there. It's like, and then it's in the background while they're talking. And they don't ever stop flapping. They're <laughs> continuously moving around. And so they're having this, like... Alex and the Jin are having this heated back and forth, and every time it cuts back to her, you just see the, <laughs> the tentacles like, like in the background. <laughs> and I can't not look at them. Like I have to look at them every single time. 
Because it's like, it's literally sticking out of where a dude's neck used to be, just flapping around. And I'm like, like, what happened to you? Why are you upside down? (laughs) Why are you hanging from the ceiling? And why are those tentacles in your throat? So gross. Oh, speaking of tentacles in people's throats, Mm -hmm. uh, we also finally get... (laughs) That's why I'm saying the more we talk about it, it sounds like tentacle porn. That's what I mean. Just Look, broke. that's not that's not on us, all right? We didn't make the movie. We're just talking about it, okay? And we are simply pointing out every time that there are tentacles. Yeah. And another time <laughs> where tentacles are present mm-hmm. is uh, in Robert England's death because he finally dies yes. um, by puking up, like, little bug tentacle babies, I guess. That, um, yeah, that then grow into, I don't even know. It just grows into a mass on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then they're still, but it's stuck in his throat. It like stuck never his throat, but then it tries mouth. to tentacle wrap um, Alex's legs. Right. Again, we didn't make the movie. We're just pointing these out. Robert. But it tries to like snatch her and then she like mm-hmm. breaks a vase and then like slices them or something and like that. And she runs. And the last time we see Robert England, he is deep throating that tentacle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It is what it is. Like, I mean, that is the last image we see for a while. We we see him later, but for a while you think, oh, no. I got I to gotta be fully honest with you. Like, we're making the joke, but I didn't realize how much tentacle was in this movie until we actually talked about it out oh, loud. Oh, I'm telling you. But there's so much. It's a there's lot. There's so much. It's a lot. Though there is one thing I did notice, and it's kind of a fun thing with the cameos, however, is this like the the Wishmaster slash Jin, whatever you want to call him, he, you know, he is up there trying to contend with these icons of the horror genre, right? And the fact of the matter is, is he kills three of them yeah. in the movie. So I thought that was a fun little play on the like horror universe, the fact that this guy who for all intents and purposes, you wouldn't assume that he could stand a chance with these big icons. Um, straight up massacres all of them throughout mm-hmm. the course of this movie. Destroys them. I know. And I love that shot of Robert England, like when everything's going wrong and he sees what the gin really looks like and he like backs up into the wall and he's like, oh, and he like <laughs> drops his champagne and runs. Oh, gets me every time. <laughs> it's the little things. It's the little things. But we are at our final. Oh, wait, before we get to the final thing, the scene with the guards and the statue and the statues. Yeah, dude, that scene it's is so, awesome. But it's so funny because uh, with with act, like the way that certain things work sometimes with actors you know is they were obviously hired to do those stunts but they were not hired to speak and Mm -hmm. so there's the noises that they make specifically the guy that gets shot with the arrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) crack me up every time because he's like oh like it's so so much and then there's a guy that like you know the last guy standing who's trying to shoot his gun and save alex and he's he's obviously waiting to be attacked and so he has his gun and it's not working and he keeps flipping it over and he's like huh huh it's like (laughs) that grunts and the noises that they make are just gold they're pretty. They're pretty funny. They're pretty I did good. really like Homeboy getting his face smashed in with the mace, though. It's really good. Mm-hmm. They also, I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think a lot of the statues were um, costume people. 
Like people mm. in the uh, special effects department, they they had them dress up in the outfits and be the statues. I oh, think. cool. Yeah, I actually really as kind of random as it is, I actually do really like the statues. I think they look really cool and I like when they come to life and just start mm-hmm. like walking around. It gets kind of crazy when like the paintings, when people start jumping out of the paintings. I'm yeah, like, then it gets interesting. Weird. Got this, but I do the like the magic this. man with the with the knife just hacking off yeah, somebody's head. I was like, are you supposed to be like Mr. Hyde or something? I, yeah, I, I was I don't like, know. What, what? That was a reference that went over my head. I didn't know who he was supposed to be. Both yeah. times, I didn't figure it out. <laughs> Maybe the third watch, I'll figure it out. Yeah, but so basically the djinn has backed Alex into a room that she cannot escape from. And he needs her to make her final wish. And in my head, I'm like, well, he's not going to kill her. So obviously it's a bad situation. But if I was Alex, I'd be like, okay, let me bide my time a little bit. But then he says, well, I got your sister. Um, She's burning up in a painting for some reason. Mm -hmm. She's like trapped inside of a painting. And so then we have our little call back again to Alex's basketball coach days where she's like stillness. I just need to take (laughs) a moment and be still. But she makes a wish that basically rewrites everything that has occurred because Mm -hmm. she wishes that the worker that dropped the box that first day, she wishes that he hadn't been drinking on the job, so he would have been more careful and the statue would have never broken open. I will say that's a little bit of a gamble because what if he was just a bad worker? Like, yeah, he was drinking, but what if the drinking really had nothing to do with it? He was just a bad worker. She still really didn't word that the best way that she could have. Right. Of like, I, I feel like you could have just been like, I wish the box had never been dropped or something yeah. like that. I wish, yeah, I wish two days ago when they were making that delivery, the box had arrived safely and, you know, had never been dropped or something. Yeah. The ways, the loopholes that the djinn has found for other wishes, definitely mm-hmm. think he probably could have found one in there for there. But for the sake of the story and for all of us, the, the wish works. Um, everything gets re- rewritten. We do get a part that I hate, which is the fact that now that he's back alive, Alex is suddenly in love with Josh. She's like, yeah. oh, I hate that. And I know that's like probably just 90s writing and shit like that. And it being written by dudes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Because they, they try and play up this aspect of it where like Alex is hesitant to get together with him because she's lost so many people so they try and play it off like that but i don't know i just don't feel like she ever really liked josh <laughs> like i yeah. almost felt like that was just an excuse she was making so the, yeah now that he's alive she not only does she like him she is draping herself over him she's yeah. like oh let's go to dinner a movie she kisses him it's that whole like oh you don't know what you have till it's gone and it's like i don't think she was missing too much yeah i think, I think it she was, was just a bit of a stretch yeah i think she was just sad that her friend died <laughs> like, yeah and like to those that would argue like oh, okay but like what about you know the full circle romance blah blah blah, blah. they could have done that and had josh not be like a creepy prick in the beginning and it still would have worked you know like could have very subtly been like maybe he asked her out to dinner once like Mm -hmm. one time and then she said no and then fast forward she's like you know what i will take you up on that dinner right boom look at that 
same plot point, but he's not a fucking creep. But you know what I mean? he's not super weird, and he doesn't have that ball cap that doesn't fit either his head or Alex's head. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. What move was that, my guy? In what oh, universe man. does the cap on the head work? That's how you know he had been rejected a lot. He said, I don't have any more tricks. Uh, <laughs> let me put the ball cap on you backwards. But it worked, apparently. Yeah. Now yeah. now he's going to use that for the rest of his life. He's going to be like, got to get the ball cap <laughs> that's out. His, that's his move now. Yeah, that's, that's how he does it. That's his one move. But yeah, the it all works. The statue gets safely put down and now so now the djinn is trapped in the gem in the statue sitting on his throne just kind of chilling chilling mm-hmm. and waiting it's like i'll get you next time Alex. yeah basically i know i love her little thing where she's like wish you'd never met me i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all Let's right not be dramatic <laughs> you got lucky <laughs> truly truly but yeah, that is that is Wishmaster, and mm-hmm. God damn it, what a treat! What? what a treat of a movie! A gem. It's oh, I see what you did yeah, there. I couldn't stop myself. The words came out before <laughs> I could even stop them. Um, yeah, I love this movie, and needless to say, I think we have to rate it out of tentacles. Yeah, yeah, I think we somewhere along the line we definitely established that, and <laughs> I I don't mind going first if if. You so wish for me to. Please. <laughs> uh, I would. All right. So Wishmaster, I'm going to give it four. Yeah, I'm going to give it four out of five tentacles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an aged movie at this point. <laughs> so just know that going into it. Right. Like you can't it's it. it you can't ignore that fact of it because it does. um is very prevalent in a very effects heavy movie. You will see the age in this movie. Mm hmm. That and there are some questionable plot points. But that aside, I like I said in the beginning, this is one of the most fun movies I've watched in a very, very long time. And it is a movie that I can see myself watching several more times from here on out. Watching it a second time was a fucking breeze. I will definitely watch it a third time. Um, I will also be preaching the gospel of Wishmaster to all of my <laughs> friends who have not seen it because I do think everyone should watch this movie Mm -hmm. especially horror fans if you are a fan of horror you should watch wishmaster period full stop whatever you want to think just watch the movie but all in all it's still got some flaws but great fucking watch would watch it several times over four out of five tentacles for me nice i am also going to give this four tentacles out of five um very good (laughs) (laughs) your rating is granted oh god i can't i just can't get enough (laughs) can't get enough of that um this movie is just so much fun i love watching it with people who haven't seen it before but i also just love watching it by myself the it moves the pacing of it is great it it's a quick an easy watch like i said enough stuff stuff happens in this movie where there's never a moment of dull there's never a moment like there's never a lull in the action something is always happening the acting in it particularly for the gin is so engaging it's just enough to keep you 
invested. Plus, it's fun to see the cameos from all of these different actors. And I love the effects that are used in this movie as a person that loves gore and also like body horror. It, it scratches that itch for me because a lot of the stuff that happens in this is actually pretty gruesome. Whether it looks real or not is, you know, <laughs> remains to be Up seen. <laughs> yeah, but it, it still is effective for me. This is like, it's like a sci-fi movie with better production. And that is all that I can ask for in a movie. <laughs> and I love this villain. I really do. And I forget how much I enjoyed this villain until I rewatch these movies. So yeah, four tentacles out of five, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for us, homies. That is it for Wishmaster as well. Um, I would love to know what you guys think. What are your thoughts? Have you seen this movie? Have you not seen this movie? Are you now planning to watch this movie? Because I really hope <laughs> that you are. Um, if you would like to talk to us about Wishmaster, then you can always reach out to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can also email us recommendations, requests, or any business inquiries that you may have. We have also been very much enjoying chatting it up with all of the homies in our Discord. That's right, mm -hmm. we have a Discord. Um, come hang out, come in, meet other homies chit chat with them about horror movies and of course we're in there as well to talk to you guys um so if you would like to join our discord then you can find the link for that in our social medias we also have the link for our twitch on our social medias as well uh we twitch it up every monday night we have a homies night where we talk a little bit more about the movie that we discussed that week and then we also play video games um we love seeing you guys there we love talking to you guys there so if you would like to come and hang out on twitch then please do come and say what's up and like we said we've been doing watch part we or we did a watch party on there and we're hoping to do some more in the future so follow us on Twitch if you would like to be notified first thing whenever we go live. If you are so inclined, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we very much appreciate it. It helps other people get their eyes on our podcast the more ratings and reviews that we have. Plus, we just like hearing from the homies what you guys are thinking about the show. So if you are able to, we would love for you to go to Apple Podcasts and do so. We hope that you homies have a great rest of your week. Be sure to check out our collab with Fear the Talking Queers if you haven't yet. And have a great rest of your week, homies. Catch you later, homies. Bye.